Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Please open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse 1 in just a moment. 1 John chapter 3. (laughs) Wow. Man. I'm not the only one here who feels like shouting, am I? (laughs) Well, come on, lift your voices. (laughs) Wow. Amen. The title of the message this morning is Purify Yourself. Purify Yourself. We're going to look at three verses, these first three verses in 1 John. And basically, just take it step by step as we go through and just see what it has to say. Years ago, I heard a great preacher say, let the plain sense of the scriptures make sense and don't try to make any other sense out of it. Just let the Bible say what it means and let it mean what it says. 1 John chapter 1, I mean 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Now what I want to do is just go back and take it step by step through these three verses. And the first thing John says is, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. That word, behold is a strong word. Behold what manner of love. John is calling their attention. He says, behold, I want you to see. I want you to observe. I want you to take note, take notice to this thing of the love of God. And he doesn't just use the love of God in general. Basically, he's talking about the manner. Behold what manner of love. The Father has bestowed upon us. He wants them, the early church, and us also to see how, how deep, how broad, how intense this love that God has for us really is. John, when he says, behold what manner of love, he's saying to the people of that day and to us, because it is uh, preserved in the Word of God, he's saying, Notice how much God loves us. That He would allow us to be called His children. 
that he would actually be our father and that we would be his children. And if you've studied your Bible very much, you know that that's one of the central themes of Scripture. In the Old Testament, God said, you shall be my people and I will be your God. And in the New Testament, God said, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters. You see, this is all about a a family, a family of faith where God becomes our father. One of the best summaries of scripture that I've ever heard uh, says this, that you can take the whole Bible and put it into this. There is a king, there is a kingdom, and there is a royal family. Are you in it? You could put the whole Bible in that phrase. There is a king, there is a kingdom, there is a royal family, and are you in it? That's exactly what John is talking about here. John is talking about the king of kings. He's talking about the God of the universe, the creator of the world, and he's saying, do you understand what manner of love he has bestowed upon us that he wants to be our father and he wants us to be his children? Man, how amazing is that? You see, friends, we've been made a part of the royal family of faith. Those who have repented of their sins, those who know our Heavenly Father, through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been made a part. We have been adopted into a royal family of faith. And now we have a Heavenly Father. And my mind goes immediately to the words of our Heavenly Father. When He says to us right out of His Word, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes. I will help you. I will uphold you. With my righteous right hand. When I see that video. That's the verse I think about. By the way that's Isaiah 41.10. That God says to us as His children that when we are weak, He will strengthen us. And when we need help, yes, He will help us. Just like a loving father will help his son. And there will be times in our lives when our Heavenly Father will take, as it were, our arms and put them around His neck. And with His righteous right hand, He will hold us up. And we might be limping into the finish line. But I want you to know that we have that blessed confidence that we have a Father, an eternal Father. And our Father is the King of the universe. And our Father says to us that He will help us and He will sustain us. And John is saying, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Wow. Wow. May God help us that our eyes will be opened. May God help us that we will have revelation. May God help us that we will see like we've never seen before who He is and who we are in Him and what it means to be a child of God. What it means to call the King of the universe 
our heavenly Father. Now there's something else he says, and immediately he goes from this wonderful positive to this negative. He says, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. John was saying to the people of that day, and the Holy Spirit wanted us to have this because it's recorded in the Word, and that is that what manner of love the Father has for us, that He has loved us so much that He would be called our Father and we would be called His children. But don't think for a moment the world will understand that. The world doesn't understand that. They don't know anything about that. And listen, you and I from time to time need to be reminded that when you got saved, when He touched you, when He changed your life, when He made you a new creature in Christ with old things passed away and behold, all things becoming new, when He took you out of the family of the world and put you in the royal family of faith, there was a drastic change that took place deep in the core of who you are. And no matter how much you try, you'll never be part of that family again. (laughs) You can visit that family. You can try to communicate with that family. But your family citizenship, if you please, has been changed. And you're in the family of faith. Do you understand what John is saying? He says, therefore, the world does not know us because they don't know Him. Child of God, please understand this. If you've truly been born again, if you've been touched by the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ, if you've been made a new creature, the world does not know who you are. They don't know who you are. They don't understand you. They don't know what makes you tick. They don't know why you are the way you are. Your life doesn't make sense. Stop any one of the cars that I passed on the way to church this morning and ask them, why do you think people are going to church this morning? And I'm talking about those that had boats and, you know, pulling behind their trucks and they're headed to the beach. Ask them, what do you think about people who are going to church? They may not say it, but they think you're insane. They think you've lost your mind. Why would you give up a free day to come and to fellowship with other Christians? And to do what we're doing. See, they don't get it. They don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. And it should make sense to us that it doesn't make sense to them. We, we, we should get that. Listen, if they don't believe in God. And, and I want to just stop there for a moment. Most of the people out there don't believe in God. They don't. They may say they believe in God, but if they believed in God, it would have some effect on the way they live. We've got a lot of people who will verbally say they believe in God, but they don't believe in God because the God they say they believe in has no effect upon their lives. None whatsoever. So friends, I want to tell you, the people out there in the world who don't believe in God, they don't believe you're a child of God. How can they believe you're a child of God if they don't even believe in God? And I want to tell you, the stuff we're talking about, the stuff we've been singing about this morning, to them is just kind of a modern-day fairy tale. It's just modern-day mythology. It doesn't make a bit of sense to them. And John is warning these early Christians, this is what he's saying to them. He's saying, listen, 
God is your father and you are a child of God, but don't expect the world to understand that. Listen, your lost friends and neighbors don't know who you are. They don't understand it. They don't get it. And it's important for you, don't expect the world to know who you are until they meet the one who made you who you are. You see, when they meet him, then it makes sense. Amen. So, so don't spend a lot of time trying to convince people that you're sane and that you haven't lost your mind and that you're not wasting your time because they won't get it. But if you can somehow bridge the gap and share Jesus with them, the moment they see him, the moment they meet him, it'll change their lives. They don't know us. Now, there's something else in this text that says uh, we will see him. Look at verse 2, I think it is. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Man, you've got to love that verse. If you're a child of God... You gotta get excited when you read that verse. You see, one day he's coming and when he comes we will see him and when we see him we will be like him. John is saying right now, right at this present time, we are children of God. And I testify before you today that that's the greatest thing on planet earth to be a child of God right now. But friends, I tell you that what's going on right now does not even compare to what's about to happen. I believe in the near future. Oh, child of God, we're getting ready to see Him. (laughs) And when we see Him, listen, we will be like Him. Wow, we will be like Him. By the way, what's the subject in our text? Being a child of God. Do Do you understand? Do you understand what happens to children? Do you? We need a wake-up call in America today. Do you understand what happens to children? Children grow up to be just like their parents. Unless there's a miracle, unless something unusual, unless something supernatural takes place, go anywhere you want to in the world and children grow up to be just like their parents. And parents, listen to me today. You're living in a dream world if you think your children will grow up to be different. Something other than what you are. They're going to grow up and be just like you. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to change the way your children talk, you better change the way you talk. If you want to change the way they act, you better change the way you act. You better do something about your lifestyle in front of them because children grow up to be just like their parents. Now listen to this, that's true spiritually. You see, right now we are the children of God. But guess what happens? One of these glorious hallelujah days... When our journey is over and we have become fully mature or fully complete, we will see him and we will be just like our heavenly father. (laughs) Our, Our faith will become sight. We will see the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We will behold the glorious lamb of God. And when that happens, we will be just like him. What a great day. That will be. You say, Pastor, illustrate that. Give us some details. What's it going to be like when we're just like him? And I can't. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like. I, 
I can't figure it out. I, I don't know all the supernatural, wonderful, amazing, hallelujah, glorious things that are going to be ours and all of the uh, weaknesses and perils and difficulties that are going to fall off. I don't know. But I'm excited about the day when I will know. And by the way, when that day comes, I won't need to tell you because you'll know just like I know. Because we'll see Him, and when we see Him, we will be like Him, and it will be glorious. It will be a hallelujah time. Now, that brings me to what I want to share with you this morning, and that is, he ends this passage of Scripture by saying, purify yourselves. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Wow. Those who have this hope, now what hope is he talking about? That he is our father and that we are his children. That's the hope he's talking about. The hope that one day we will see him and we will be like him. That we belong to him. That we're in the royal family. Those who have that hope, guess what they do? This is so important. They purify themselves. They cleanse themselves. Did you know that the Bible teaches self-purification? It's one of the doctrines of the Scripture. It's one of the things that the Bible teaches. And it has a lot to say about it, but we don't hear much about it today. And because of that, Christian maturity is absent in most churches across America. And we look pretty much like the world looks. Because we're not taking time to understand what the Scripture says about self-purification. You see, you you need to understand there's two facets of purification. And we need to understand both of them. The first one is purification that comes through the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the everlasting covenant that when Jesus died on the cross, He paid your sin debt and He paid my sin debt. And He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's purification through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's also self-purification where we get involved in the process and we do something about it. And we need both of those. We need both of those. Uh, listen to Isaiah 1, 16 and 17. Wash your hands. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widows. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. The Scripture is telling us to purify our own hearts. You double-minded. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Friends, it's important to understand Cleansing and purification through the blood of the Lamb. But it's also important to understand that according to the Bible, we should wash ourselves. We have to cleanse our own hands. We have to purify ourselves. We have to perfect holiness and begin to walk in holiness. And friends, I'm not trying to get a pat on the back from you 
But I guarantee you, you'll have to think long and hard for the last time you heard anybody preach a sermon on holiness. We don't hear much about holiness in our day and time. It's real easy to understand the difference between purification through the blood of the Lamb and purification through self-purification. Let me explain it this way. If someone were to come to this altar today, and I hope many will come and you were to get on your knees at this altar, and you were to say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I'm not playing a blame game. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody else. I'm not making excuses and I'm not procrastinating. I've come to bow at this altar to say, I have sinned. And I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. I'm asking you to cleanse me. I'm asking you to wash my heart and to wash my soul. And friends, by the way, I, I, I love that scripture that says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't you? Man, the scripture says that. And we get on our knees at the altar and someone says, Lord, please forgive me. No excuses. I'm a sinner. Help me, God. Forgive me of this horrible thing I've done. And friends, if you mean that with all of your heart, according to Scripture, something supernatural takes place, something wonderful, something glorious, something magnificent takes place, and that is the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, the blood of the everlasting covenant, somehow miraculously touches your heart and life, sweeps over your soul to the point that the Bible will say that we have been made clean. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and listen to this, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's purification through the blood. But follow along with me as I share this story with you. But if that very same person gets up and walks out of here, even though there's still a heaviness on them because there's a sense of repentance and remorse because of what they've done, but they know that they've been forgiven. They know that God has touched them. They know that God has set them free. The burden of that sin has lifted and they walk out of here rejoicing in three or four days later, they are faced with the same temptation and the same opportunity to commit the same sin that they repented of at this altar. And every ounce of their fallen nature craves to do the very thing that they repented of. Every fiber of their fallen nature says, do it, partake of that, don't stop. But when that person who was forgiven by the blood of the everlasting covenant three or four days from now says with the help of the Holy Spirit, even though everything in me is screaming to do this, even though I desire this and it's so strong I can't hardly stand it, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I will not do again the very thing that I repented of at that altar. I will not fall back into that pattern. I will not fall back into that sin cycle. I will not do that same thing that I've just been forgiven for. Oh God, I'm weak. I don't have strength to do this on my own. Oh God, help me. No, in the name of Jesus. I will not do that. And that person turns and walks away from that sinful opportunity without engaging in that sin, I'm telling you, that person has purified 
his own heart through obedience. Child of God, listen to me. What's wrong with the church today for the most part is we're only preaching part of purification today. We're preaching the part where if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. And thank God He is. And there's some of us who are in this congregation today and God has forgiven us of the same sin multiple times. Thank God that His mercy endures to all generation. And thank you. Thank God that He keeps forgiving us and cleansing us. But friends, if the only part of purification you understand is that part where He's forgiving you through the blood of the covenant, then what happens is this. Listen to me. Somebody, God is speaking to somebody's heart right now. You get in a sin cycle. And you keep committing that sin over and over. And you keep repenting of that sin over and over and you're just on a, on a cycle, a pattern, and it just never stops. And you go through your whole life asking for forgiveness and committing the sin and asking for forgiveness. And, and I don't want to make light of that. Thank God. Without that, we're all hopelessly doomed. But that's not where God wants you. God wants you to understand that He is your Father, that you are His child, That you are in a royal family of faith. That you are supposed to be maturing and growing. And the culmination of your faith will be one day you will see Him and you will be like Him. And this scripture tells us that God has given to every one of us who has the hope. He's given us the responsibility to purify ourselves. To purify ourselves. This Through the blood. God has purified my heart through the blood. And I am purifying my heart through obedience. Listen one more time. It's very important. You and I should be saying that. We should be saying, God purified my heart through the blood of the Lamb. But I am purifying my heart through obedience. Listen. Maybe there's a time in your life. I said that, Lord. Lord, I said something I shouldn't have said. That was out of order. That was wrong. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, God. Please have mercy upon me. And the Lord washes over your soul. And he has mercy on you and he forgives you. And then the next time you have the opportunity to say something similar to that, you say, oh God, oh God, help me. Help me. And you purify yourself by avoiding the sand. Even Jesus said, those who love me keep my commandments, didn't he? That's what the scripture says. Those who love me keep my commandments. Oh, child of God, listen to me. (laughs) We have a responsibility to purify ourselves. And the scripture says, those who have this hope in them get involved in the purification process process. Are you purifying yourself? You see, if I ask you, are you asking God to forgive you of your sins? I would say everybody here would say yes. But are you purifying yourself? Are you saying, Lord, I don't want to keep doing that. I want to grow in grace. I want my life to change. 
I want to be a child of God. I want to mature in the faith. Bow with me in prayer. Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.